This podcast is brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Keep Joy on air by becoming a member, a subscriber or donate. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community. Here's another podcast from... Joy 94.9 presents Absolutely Everybody. Sponsored by and presented by Anecto, the People Network... Absolutely everybody, only on Joy 94.9. Now we have a very special live guest in the studio, Simon Ruth, who is the CEO of VAC, the Victorian AIDS Council. Hi, Simon. Hi, Lana. How are you going today? It's good, thank you. Glad <laughs> to be here. Um, now, just start off, tell us a little bit about VAC. Uh, so the Victorian AIDS Council is the oldest AIDS organisation in the country. It was formed in July 1983. Uh, we're also the second largest GLBTI health organisation in the country after ACON, our sister organisation in Sydney. Our focus is largely on HIV prevention and support and care, uh, but we, we also have a secondary mission about improving LGBTI health for all, Victor- for, for all Victorians. Yeah, it's quite interesting the way that the AIDS councils came up um, in Australia and they were focused primarily around HIV, but have all expanded to become some of the most leading LGBTI health organisations that we now have. Yes, I guess AIDS and HIV hit at a time when the gay rights movement was uh, at the forefront of what we were doing in Australia at that time. We, at that time, we still had states, Queensland, Western Australia, Tasmania, where it was illegal to be gay. We were still facing huge amounts of discrimination and the gay male community and the lesbian community bonded together um, it's interesting to note that VAC uh, had lesbians on our original board. Uh, the idea for the Victorian AIDS Council came from a woman, Alison Thorne, is the person who said we need an organisation and we need to start preparing for AIDS to hit Australia. Um, and lesbians have always played a very, and same-sex attracted women, when I say lesbian I mean all queer women, um, have always played a very important role in our support groups, our volunteering, our board and all facets of our organisation. And I guess hate... We've benefited from HIV. It's, it's allowed us a capacity to build on in other areas of LGBTI health. So it's allowed us to do work in the trans space. And it's time that we actually go back to the same-sex attracted women community because I think over 30 years, it's probably the community that has had the least support from or benefit from um, our capacity and, and what we're able to do. Yeah, I certainly see that gap as a someone who identifies as a lesbian woman, not having that space in our community where... Uh, our health needs are really quite transparent um, to be able to look at what research there is, which is why the SWASH report is so important. Um, VAC, however, is hosting the Lesbian, Bisexual and Queer Women's Health Conference on Friday. Can you tell us a little bit about the impetus to do that and and what we should expect? Yes, so um, we are a funded drug and alcohol provider where uh, Victoria went through a large reform process 12 months ago in drug and alcohol. We're the only new provider and we provide specifically to the LGBTI communities. And as part of that, we're running a lesbian, bisexual and queer women's health conference on Friday. Um, the focus for us is on drugs and alcohol and mental health. Uh, the focus on the conference is probably broader than that. It's on all aspects of, of women's health. Um, and we've got Ruth, Dr. Ruth McNair, who many of the listeners will know, Um, presenting, giving a keynote on the ALICE study, looking at alcohol use uh, amongst lesbian and bisexual women. And there's different panels. And in in the afternoon, there'll be a whole session of 
uh, smaller papers being done by organisations from right across the country. We've got people coming from interstate. We've got transgender uh, Victoria doing papers. We've got papers on domestic violence, drug and alcohol use, mental health, pap smears, sexual health, safety, mm. so bisexuality. So it's a very broad-based conference. Yeah. So you mentioned three particular areas of concern, tobacco, where 30%, this WASH report actually indicated that 30% of tobacco smokers were lesbian, well, 30% of lesbian, bisexual and queer women were tobacco smokers, substantially a higher proportion than the general community. Uh, alcohol, 90% of the women reported drinking alcohol, 62% drank or consumed more than the gu- recommended guidelines of a lifetime risk to alcohol-related disease and injury. Mental health, 11% reported high psychological distress. However, 60%, a whopping 60% access psychological services, which is much more than the average. We know from the Alliance Health Reports mental health up to 14 times higher uh, suicide uh, ideation and attempted suicide than the general population for queer people across the board. Huge issues here. This is the SWASH report, though. This is the Sydney report. Can we translate some of this stuff to Victoria, do you think? Right now, it's the best we've got. So um, there is a dearth of research into lesbian health. We we talk about LGBTI health, and what we tend to really mean is we know a lot about gay men and HIV. We know a lot about gay men's sexual health. We know a lot less about lesbians. Uh, We know a reasonable amount about transgender people, and we know nothing about the intersex community, virtually at all, apart from medical information. Yeah. The SWASH report is excellent. It's been running now for almost 20 years um, and it's probably the largest piece of research into lesbian health that we have in in this country. Um, And it does provide very important evidence for us to see what's going on in Australia because we largely rely on American data and European data uh, when we look at LGBTI health. So um, it was only yesterday that I've heard for many years about obesity in same-sex attracted women and I mentioned that to Ruth McNair and she said, well, that's largely based on American research and it's much less in this country than we actually believe it to be overseas. So it's those sorts of things where we, we rely on overseas research and yeah. this WASH report is actually providing local research where we can actually tailor our interventions locally to meet local need. Yeah, that's a, that's a really good point. I did know that uh, about lesbian or, or queer women and obesity, but I also knew that because of overseas reports and I didn't realise that in Australia we suspect it could be less. Mm. Uh, yeah, lots of interesting stuff happening. Um, One of the interesting stats I noticed from the SWASH report was that um, 40% of um, participants had registered that they'd never had an STI test despite being um, sexually active. I find that staggering. Really? Mm. When was the last time you saw a sexual health campaign that targeted same-sex attractive women? Uh, never, actually. <laughs> um, I, I actually have a really interesting story about that. I was in the building when Dean Beck was actually in this studio talking about how Australia was going to have the World AIDS Conference. So it was breaking news. We were all lined outside the window going, oh, wow. So this was a few years ago. And I had a couple next to me who happened to be in a in a relationship they were married uh, because they could get married in South Africa where they were from they were a gay couple and they said to me Lana can 
lesbians have safe sex? And I blushed a little bit and went, oh, well, actually they can. However, don't know many that did. And I'm actually a sociologist in training, uh, like, you know, haven't been trained in previous incarnations of career. And so I went and asked everybody uh, and lesbians who identified as not is only having sex with other women when we never have safe sex. Uh, lesbians who, or women who identified with having sex with men as well when, general, and this is generally, and it, it wasn't a scientific inquiry, this was just in my, my kind of social groups when, well, we have safe sex with men but not with women. Um, so I don't mm. think, I actually don't think it's a part of our culture as lesbians and it's not something that comes up. And so... I further took another step and went searching for (laughs) safe sex uh, products and university, because I was doing a postgraduate degree, La Trobe University queer room, condoms, no dams. When, you know, you can't find them in chemists mostly, you can't find them in shopping centres, you have to go to specialty sex shops. You know, I live in Brunswick, the sex shop around the corner from me doesn't sell them the woman uh, behind the counter didn't even know what a dam was so yeah that doesn't mm. surprise me at all we, we do have dental dams at our services and we, and we take them to midsummer they're not popular no. items um, condoms people are much more likely to take condoms than they are to take dental joy 94.9 thanks for listening to another joy podcast brought to you by australia's lgbtqia plus community media organization joy help us keep joy on air head to joy.org.au Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community.